welcome to episode 119. Today's guest is Andy Heller, the author of Take the High Road, Divorce with Compassion for Yourself and Your Family. Last year, I spoke with the author of The Mom's Guide to a Good Divorce, Sarah Armstrong, in episode 61. So today I'm excited to learn men's perspective on divorce. Andy Heller teaches real estate investing to new and seasoned investors around the country and runs a successful international freight forwarding company. Andy also co-authored two real estate investing books and had no intention of writing another. After his own divorce, he saw a crucial hole in self-help space for men and women navigating through divorce. This book is his give-back effort to make the process easier for those who are considering or who are on the divorce path. Thank you for reviewing, downloading, and subscribing to our podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you. Now be the messenger of hope and share this episode with one of your friends. Enjoy this conversation with Andy. If you'd like to suggest a future topic for the podcast, please fill out feedback form located in episode notes. Something exciting happened as a result of this podcast on December 9, 2022. Soul Parent Book, Inspirational Wisdom and Guidance on Navigating Life as a Single Parent was born. This is a collection of the most inspiring and powerful stories from wonderful guests over the last 33 months in my podcast, Single Parent Success Stories, stories of accomplishments, challenges, and breakthroughs of single parents as well as experts to help navigate the post-divorce journey. When I started my podcast, my goal was to create a guide to single parents by sharing inspiring stories that remind us there is light at the end of the tunnel. Nothing is lost. It's an opportunity for a rebirth and a reinventing of yourself. It's an opportunity to look at life and become conscious of where you are headed and an invitation to create a life by design. If you like to get a copy of the book, please follow links in the episode notes. All proceeds are going to the Kinship Charity. Welcome to Single Parent Success Stories. I am your host, Irina Shehovtsov, and I am on a mission to empower broken-hearted women to break the chains of the past and move forward boldly into the future. Single Parent Success Stories was created to inspire single parents out there who are struggling to help them realize what is possible. Hello and welcome to Single Parent Success Stories. Today's guest is Andy Heller. He is a successful businessman and not a divorce professional such as a divorce attorney mediator, therapist, co-parenting counselor, or the host of other professionals that support and service those going through divorce. Among his professional accomplishments, Andy co-authored two best-selling real estate investment books in the 2000s. While the books were well-received, Andy had no interest in writing another book, but here he was, he wrote a book for, after going through his own divorce, he wrote a book. So Andy is a single dad of two kids, and he's joining us from California, from San Francisco. Welcome, Andy. It is a pleasure to have you. Irina, it's my pleasure to be here. So thank you. So please share with us what led you to write this book. 
Sure. I'll do my bio, my story really quickly so we yes. can save most of our time for questions. Ladies and gentlemen, my story was really something quite unique. I'm just a businessman. I've run successful businesses. I had a traumatic divorce myself. And when I'm stressed, I do two things. I, I don't sleep a lot. So I read a lot of other divorce books and I write. I just start to take notes. So in a co-parenting session with my ex-wife and myself, the co-parent counselor said, you know, you guys got a lot of um, stress going on. You could probably each benefit from therapist. So I said, you know, this can't hurt. I said, give me a therapist who's worked a lot with divorced men. Um, and even though I consider myself to be a, a very compromise oriented, Dale Carnegie disciple, fair, reasonable guy, I thought, okay, this is fine. So I found this amazing therapist and she was my rudder arena. So what the reason what led me to write this book is I cannot count how many times something would happen with my uh, my wife and then my ex-wife. I would walk into her office and say, hey, this happened, but don't worry. I've thought it through. I've got a fair way to deal with this issue. And I would explain to her what my plan was to do. And she said she would go into therapy, speak. Well, Andy, it's really good that you think that blah, 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 blah. But you're going to do the opposite. And here's why. <laughs> and I would listen to this advice that came out of her mouth arena that was oftentimes 180 degrees from what I planned to do. And I'm like, oh, my God, that makes a lot of sense. The, 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 what I left with the impression after a number of these sessions was how I, I was not aware to the degree that I was emotionally compromised and not able to make good decisions due to my own divorce. And I'm a pretty reasonable, compromise-oriented man. I'm not that guy that's out there to hurt my ex-wife. And I was I was not thinking clearly. So I'm looking at my notes that I'd written, been written through my own drama. I'd read all these other books. I'm like, my goodness, there's a gap in a divorce book space, and I think I can fill it. So what be, that started a process that took me eight years to write this book. I interviewed countless experts and I'm, this is not, this book is not about my divorce. I took the counsel of, um, of judges, of divorce attorneys, therapists, uh, uh, divorce coaches, uh, daddy coaches. And I brought this into a best practices book of how to get through the divorce and do it in a manner where uh, uh, you put your kids first and give you like the tips you need on day one, which you don't typically have. So the, the premise is that divorce is an experiential journey. During this journey, everybody, you're going to do some things really well, some things kind of okay, and a lot of things horribly wrong. And the problem is that you realize this during and after the journey, but you need that counsel on day one. So the book is structured with 46 tips and strategies of issues that we are all likely to encounter most of them, and they give us the tips on day one so we and our children can land in a healthy and better place. And, and probably when you talk about co-parenting as a single parent, be it a man or a woman, probably half of my book deals with issues around co-parenting, and that does not end when you decide your divorce. In fact, um, typically, that's only beginning at that point. So anyhow, that's my story. And even though my book is just out, I'm really humbled by some of the reviews, for, particularly from the therapy community, that said that my book um, is really something special. And thank you for having me as a guest. 
Yeah, thank you. I love that. And I think it's incredible, you know, and it's great for me to hear a man's perspective because a while ago I had a woman uh, share a similar uh, book that she wrote. So I'm excited to hear more. Uh, so out of those 48 tips, what are your top three tips that you can share uh, in evaluating and taking that road after divorce? Great. Um, I'll give you I'll give you three great tips right off the bat. So um, one of the biggest complaints, but one of the most common things I would hear in my interviews of divorcees is that he won't do this. She won't do that. Well, one of the things that we have to understand as a single parent is the only person you can control is yourself. So a lot of the counsel in my book deals specifically with unilateral steps that you can take that are not dependent upon your spouse or former spouse reacting in a certain way. This is a very important thing to understand. At some point, we all figure it out once we're divorced, but sometimes it can take years. So a lot of the counsel in my book deals with that. And what I would say to all your listeners is you can't control him. You can't control her, but you can work on things yourself to make it easier for you to deal with him or deal with her. Okay, so that's the first point. Um, the second is uh, one of my favorite tips I talk about in the book, and it might sound simple. And this is where my perspective is different than other authors who might be a divorce attorney or a therapist. <clears throat> I have included some business skills in, in that, that business people use in high conflict business situations in co-parenting. One of my favorite is the use of a, of a business tool called the time card. The time card is basically helps the divorcee to take the issues you're dealing with, the co-parenting issues, and put them in different buckets. Bucket number one is logistics. You've got to respond to him or her right now because little Johnny has to be picked up and there's nobody to pick him up from school or there's some logistical issue that requires immediate address addressing. The other bucket is things that are percolating with the children that don't need to be decided right away. Use of the time card and pushing some things down the road, it does a number of things that are helpful. One is um, with kids, a lot of these issues solve themselves. So a week later is actually not even an issue any longer. So it's one less thing you have to deal with your former spouse with. The other is really powerful. We all make better decisions as human beings, Arena, when we have time to process things. So just by kicking it down the road and punting a little bit, it gives you a better chance to think through, okay, wait, hold on a second here. I know my ex, I know what he's inclined to do here. I know what she's inclined to do there. She's gonna give me trouble here. He's gonna give me trouble there. All right, let me, how am I gonna deal with this? And a week later, instead of at that time, you're going to manage that situation a lot better. Okay. Um, the, another one of my favorite tips that I offer, co-parenting tips, is changing the texture of your communication. Now, again, I have a whole chapter on this, so I'm going to try to give it to you in about 60 seconds. There's a lot of the divorcees that I interviewed would say, whatever I say, no matter how reasonable, he's going to push back because the, the suggestion came out of my mouth or she's going to push back. And this is a, not an uncommon thing you hear from divorcees. OK, so 
you change the texture of the communications on email and text, where you're defining issues with the children as a problem, and you're asking him, you're asking her, what do you think? And skillfully, you're trying to work the response to an outcome that you want in the first place. The difference is, it's like playing poker. You're not divulging your hand. So Arena, if you if you don't want little Johnny to go to ballet any longer because he's always complaining, all right, you can't let your ex know. You say, I got a problem, John, in my home. All I'm getting are complaints from little Johnny. You're probably getting the same thing. What do you think we should do? And again, this is not an easy thing to do, guys. But once you can master this, you'll be amazed how often the response lands somewhere close to what you want. Just And you're playing a game with your ex. You're allowing him or her to feel like they own the decision. And you take the objectionable and fighting issues, you reduce them exponentially. So um, these are three of my favorite tips uh, uh, in, in the book. Um, and, and those last two are business skills that are used in high conflict business situations that are ideal for high conflict co-parenting arrangements. You are so right. I like especially, uh, you know, what do you think we should do? <laughs> it's kind of uh, we're making it about an agreement or a problem it's not nothing is personal we're just describing a situation and we're giving uh, each other an opportunity to discuss what we think about i love that and the, the concept of time card that's actually very interesting i like how you kind of logistics and then kids stuff and you know you keep track of things like just like in a business environment you keep track of your issues and resolution and you delegate so very very good good points i like that what would you say how old by the way were your children when you got a divorce uh we ended our marriage my daughter was eight and my son was six so they're pretty young uh, arena and it it's it's the need for co-parenting and coordination was really significant um particularly and the younger your children are it's an interesting situation it's like a uh a cocktail there it, uh the younger your children are the greater the need for a coordination around co-parenting but also the more affected your children will be by your actions and the way you're getting along or not getting along with your former spouse. And what makes it even worse is the younger they are, clearly the, the longer you're going to need to co-parent before those kids get out of high school. So uh, there's a number of dynamics that per particularly when you have but uh, all the children or at least one child that's younger that is going to require that you get to a point where you can co-parent effectively faster because the last thing we want to do as parents is screw up our children <laughs> because we're not able to, to, to co-parent effectively with our former partner um and and it's not easy guys that's what i can say um uh, and again, that's why I come back to the first thing I said is 
you've got to focus on unilateral steps. And the great thing about that is that if you focus only on things that you can control, in most cases, your ex will at some point adjust his or her behavior. And, and, and that's what you want to create, um, not say, hey, you need to do this. No, you focus on what you can do yourself and um, and they will respond. Would I, I, you got time for a good example of that story? Of course, go ahead. Yeah, and, and this is a story that actually led me to write this book. So, and it came down to, which is a very, probably the number one issue in co-parenting is the custodial calendar, okay? You set this custodial calendar, but then this crazy thing happens, life intervenes, all right? And so let me give you an example. So um, I asked for something that was reasonable from my, my ex in terms of a time switch because somebody was coming into town and the answer was no. Then about a week later, she asked me for something. I said, I'll get back to you, use the time card. I had an appointment with my therapist and I went in there and I said, okay, here's what I'm gonna do. I've asked for a reasonable request. She said, no. She asked me for a reasonable request. I'm gonna go back and say, I'm happy to do this, give you your time, but you give me my time, fair? And my co-parent counselor said, uh, sorry, my therapist said, no, Andy, you're gonna call her and you're gonna say yes to every single request she makes that is that you can accommodate, that is reasonable, and that the children can benefit from. And you are not gonna link any of her requests to any of your desires. And it took me like a handful of, but, 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 Andy, just focus on what she's asking of you. And I, I will, in all likelihood, her, she will at some point change her behavior. I would expect her behavior to change in about 18 months. Well, my therapist was wrong, Arena. It took six months. That's all. So the natural thing that we were inclined to do, we human beings, is link. Well, I'll say yes to your request. You say yes to my request. But that's not what you're supposed to do. If the request that comes to you is reasonable and the children can benefit and you can accommodate, you say yes with no preconditions and no requests on the back end. And then you hope that your actions will at some point result in reciprocal behavior. Typically it does, no guarantees. In my case, it happened very quick and it was, and that's, you know, that's where we all want to get as co-parent when we co-parent because you've got this custodial calendar, but birthdays happen, people get sick in the families, emergencies arise. You want to rise at a point where you guys can exchange time easily when the children benefit. Yeah, I like that. You make a, a good example, quid pro quo. <laughs> I'm going to do this for you if you do that for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And you know it, it, it's it's so funny, and that and that's when I realized how wrong I was after I walked out of the therapist's office, and I saw that in, in a matter of months, how the relationship with my ex improved 
dramatically because I did not do what I was inclined to do. That's was the when I made the decision to write the book, because I realized that and not everybody had, can afford or has the time for a therapist like that. So they need podcasts like yours. They need books like mine to be in their ear to say, no, 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 no. Your natural inclinations are not necessarily what you want to do. Here's the right way to handle that situation. Um, and again, I'm not, I was not, I, I, I certainly wasn't, you know, my, my ex and I were at a point where we both were angry at one another and, and all, but, but I always, I did not believe that my, I, my, I was emotionally compromised where that was affecting my decisions. And I was dr dramatically wrong. <laughs> I, I was really not able to make good decisions. And the fact that many of us are only going down this path of divorce one time, so we don't have any historical or learned experiences, we're going to make mistakes um, because we've never been down that path before. And you're dealing with so many emotions. So recognizing that 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 we could all use some help to make the right decisions and make sure we're making the right decisions for co-parenting and for our children's benefit, that's paramount. Yes, you're so right. Uh, we, we are not taught how to deal with difficult situations and especially divorce and we're prone to make mistakes. Yep. What was the best advice you got that helped you survive and thrive during and after your divorce? Well, um, the, probably the best advice, and I talk about this also in my book, and it's going to sound kind of simple. Um, divorce is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Don't focus on what you think you deserve right out of the gate. Don't focus on uh, what you want in a week or a month. Focus on the life you want to have in two years. All right. And I, I again, around that, I can give a great example with a, a practical example where um let's say you have an uh, uh an, an involved father um and he wants uh, uh 40-50% custody but he travels okay um and i talk about this example in the book um so it's in everybody's interest particularly the children to have he's a good dad to have him uh uh uh, uh be co-parenting and being active in the children's lives. But in this example, the dad recognized, now, wait a second. When I travel, the children are alone with mom and have been for years. But the dynamic of being home alone with me is going to be new, not just for me, but new for the children. So it's probably in their best interest to ease them into this. So in this situation, this dad started with about 25% custody, and they agreed to a schedule that the children's therapist would weigh in on how well they were doing, that over time, and everything was done in ranges, so between three months and six months, that 25% would increase to 35%, between six months and 12 months, that that 35% would increase to 40 or whatever. Long story short, Arena, that he was at 50% custody within 12 months because the kids were doing so well. But so my point there is he didn't fight for 50% out of the gate on day one. 
but he wanted to land there after a time that not only could he adjust his business commitments, but it was everybody won. He was able to adjust to where he, his, he could work his business travel needs around his children's schedule. Um, the children were able to slowly get, get used to being alone with dad. All right. And it was also considerate to his ex-wife because the ex-wife was a stay-at-home mom. She'd never been used to being without the children. So, you know, for her, she was able to start with a smaller sacrifice and, and work up. This was every box was checked because he recognized divorce is a marathon, not a sprint. Let's not focus on what I get as soon as the divorce MSA is signed. Let's focus on the life I have or want to have and what I want from my children in a year or two. That's probably one of the most powerful advices I can have. And, you know, many of us, particularly if we're dealing with um, a lot of issues, other issues, whether there's a, a substance abuse or a, a third party involved, um, taking your time and, and understanding that things will get better over time. Um, now, I am a glass half full guy. I wrote the book with that concept. I've always, I've always looked at approach life that way, but I'm also a realist arena. And um, I've never felt myself personally like my world was falling apart until I uh, I got divorced. And I did find myself getting down and we're all only human. But I can certainly say to you, and I wrote about this in the book, is, is it almost always gets better for all of us over time. Yes, you're right. And uh, question to you, did you have the clarity immediately after or during divorce that what, what kind of life you wanted to create? Being um, that you said that everything kind of fall apart, how did you arrive at that, that picture of what you want to create afterwards? Well, that's a really powerful question. And I think that question, um, I believe every divorcee should ask themselves that. What life, what do, what, what do I want to, what does, what do I want my life to look like in one or two years? Um, for me personally, I did. For the most part, I knew I wanted to be an involved father. I knew I wanted to adjust my business schedule so I could have maximum time. Um, personally, um, you know, I, I, I made it a, one rule to myself. I would recommend this to almost all uh, uh, divorcees that when you have young children, I, I think I hired a babysitter twice in eight years. Because my attitude, I took if, if the children are with me, then they don't need to be sitting at home with a babysitter. I'll do my personal stuff when it's not my custodial time. Um, so I had a vision of, of being an active dad, being involved in the community, um, having a presence at my children's school, and and being that, that being uh, an involved dad during the week. So it wasn't like a weekend dad. So I could be that that dad that sits down and helps the kid with homework. Um, and that's not an easy thing to do if you're not patient. <laughs> um, so I did have that vision, and um, but not all of us have that, okay? 
Um, and I think that that's actually really important. There's a really great story I talk about in the book that, and, and the stories are about a lot of these divorcees I interviewed. And this is a really great story where the couple splits up and um, the, 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 the husband uh, said, you know, I'm going to leave the home. Um, uh, uh, and, and he, the, 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 the wife stayed in the home with the children. So she had a state, she had some stability there and he financially, he was not in a place yet where he could go and get his own place. So he stayed with friends for three months. All right. And it was really difficult for him because his parent, his co-parent in time was in the house where they used to share. And it, so it really wasn't an ideal situation. But what it allowed him to do is he used those three months not only to save money because he stayed with friends, he put a plan together. Okay, where am I going to live? What is my budget? What type of rooms am I going to create for the children? Okay, and he used that as kind of like a reset time. So when he got his own place, what he did was he brought in a family member, flew in from, from Toronto and helped him because the guy just his world was falling apart he wasn't like a lot of us are when we're divorced we're not we're not uh, operating on, on full cylinders all right he recognized that one of his relatives flew in and helped them they went shopping they got stuff for the daughter's room stuff for the son's room um a friend took them to bed bath and beyond they got the, everything for the kitchens and 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 the bathrooms and so my point there is he took three months there to, to visualize what he wanted his home life to look like, what he wanted the children's home to look like. And that gave him a lot of time and he planned it. And, and he had, he had, a, he said, I, Andy, I had, I had a great home, but I, I could not have done it if I didn't take those three months off. And if I didn't ask for help, because I really was not, um, I, I was I was not operating at peak efficiency at that time. So um, for me, I had I had uh, 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 that vision. Not everybody has it, and that story is a great example of taking a step back and kind to assess what you want your life to look like. Yes, you bring a very good point. And for me, it took some time to realize what did I want my life to look like, and I didn't know at the time of divorce immediately what kind of plans or what to put together with the goal just to to have to create happy life and to create stability for the children but not, nothing solid or concrete and it took some discovery and some points so thank you for sharing that powerful story and uh, you know that it takes takes time for us to create that clear vision yes yeah what would you say uh, the smallest thing you've done in your life that had had the biggest impact so far? The smallest thing I've done with in respect to the divorce? In, in general, up to this point in your life. <laughs> um, you, you wrote the book, you, you yeah. had the whole journey. So what, what would you say was the smallest contributor on your, on your life path, on your journey? Well, uh, and... Um, Okay, I, I love that question, and I'm going to give a great story. Uh, and just to to this book is not about my divorce. Um, I take the counsel from experts, and uh, my job in the writing the book is I'm the master organizer, taking the counsel from field experts and organizing it 
as a best practice manual. There are a couple stories in there that might might have my footprint on there because <laughs> I went through one myself. One of the 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 smallest that had a big impact, and it's going to sound completely hokey, but it really worked well. Um, many of us divorcees find a, 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 ourselves in co-parenting situations that are really toxic. Okay, and again the good news is that typically passes and and remember i said earlier focus on unilateral steps so this is the unilateral thing i did okay um i pretended that whenever i was in my uh my spouse's uh, uh home that i was wearing a rubber suit and everything bounced off of me all right and it just wasn't going to stick. If there was critique, critique about my parenting, uh, uh, how I did, how I uh, I was was I I wasn't one minute early for pickup or whatever. Boom, everything bounced off. And I played a game. Well, let's see if it can, if if what 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 is directed at me tops the last one. And I didn't react because I couldn't react. I was rubber. It was bouncing off me. It's again. The, the point I make in that chapter is perhaps you, you find the suggestion of the, the rubber suit to be too hokey or corny, and that's okay. But the point there is we all need a coping mechanism to recognize we uh, if you are in a fairly toxic co-parenting situation, that you, you've got to have a coping mechanism that keeps you from being affected from anything he's saying or she's saying or at least minimizes it, okay? For me, that hokey rubber suit was a great idea. And the book also talks about some of the, the, the other solutions that are out there that are common, such as there are, um, there are communication and organization portals. One example is the family wizard, where you're, the couples where it's really toxic, they're not allowed to communicate directly, they communicate through this portal, and the, the portal even filters out nasty words and you manage expenses there and everything, it can be quite helpful, okay? So the point of the, the rubber suit story is that, um, for me, that was a great example of a small thing that was really helpful for the worst period of time. That is, that's typically right around separation, guys, all right? Um, what, whether you adopt something like my rubber suit or not, the takeaway point there is, if you are in a challenging situation, you've got to have a tool, that, a strategy that you've identified with now today as you manage through that situation so you're not affected and more important, so your children aren't affected. I love that story. I think it's a great example, not, not just for that particular situation, but in any situation we find ourselves in, if we feel ourselves triggered by anything, to have that rubber suit on and yeah, let it all yeah. fly off of you. Don't yeah. let react because once you react, you get engaged into it and then you're going to get like a bigger thing out of it. So right. I love that point. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I should also just be really fair like uh, and say my ex-wife probably needed something similar for dealing with me because I wasn't, I, I, you know, you know, I'm sounding to you right now as a reasonable, calm writer of this great book, but I wasn't, I wasn't at, I wasn't operating on all cylinders 
uh, when we when we, when um, when we split, and I, I I wasn't as kind, I wasn't as compromise oriented, I wasn't as calm as I should have been. Okay, and she probably could have said the same thing about me, and she probably was right. We can only look back and trace our steps in the past. We cannot, when we are in immediately in the situation that we are in, we can never see all yeah. of that that is coming along. Can we, you know? <laughs> totally agree with you yes is there anything i haven't asked that you would like to share um the the last uh, one more thing i would say and it's funny I, I i did an interview about this uh last week and um perseverance everybody is so important um and good old-fashioned perseverance to 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 make your children's lives special and for yourself um i'll give you a really great uh, a quick story that sh reflects that point and uh so this was um uh one of the the families uh I, the couples i interviewed and the divorced guy he was uh he's he's of the jewish faith and when he grew up his family would always have a sabbath dinner the Friday night meal was the family get together. Okay. So um, they got divorced and um, he would go back and forth between the East coast and the West coast where he lived. So on business and whenever in his separation agreement, whenever he would return, um, he would get the kids. So <clears throat> this became a challenge because if he has gone on the East coast for the entire week, he'd return on Friday and how the heck can he receive the kids and have his nice meal? The second problem was that um, splitting up, the community did not really know him as a divorce, sing, as as a, a, a as a dad, as a single parent, and he wanted the the the, uh, the community, the the friends and the parents of the of, of his children's friends to feel comfortable with their children being alone with him. So he killed he he, he killed two birds with one stone with this great story of perseverance. What he would do is before he would go east on business, he would set the table and he would buy a full meal, cook it, and freeze it. He has a menu already figured out. He would go to his children and, say, and he, he was networking and figuring out uh, um, who the parents and friends were of the children. And he would invite a mystery guest for dinner. Okay. And the kids would be, he would call them and said, well, don't forget about Friday night. Who's coming to dinner? Dad, can't tell you. It's sworn to secrecy. All right. So now he would catch the very first flight on the East Coast. So he'd be get up around three in the morning Pacific time to catch the first flight out on the East Coast, fly back. If the flight was on time, he would land around 11, 1130 on the West Coast get out of the airport, maybe there was enough time to get a run in, go, go get the kids from school, all right? He would do a carpool with the daughter to ballet, okay, and pick up a friend. And then he would take the son to soccer practice after school where he was an assistant coach, all right? Now, because he carpooled with the daughter, uh, with, a, with another mom, the other mom would pick up the daughter from ballet and bring her back to his place, all right? Now, one thing I didn't tell you, Arena, is um, he paid a college student to go into his home on Thursday night, 
take the dinner out of the freezer so it could defrost and purchase any vegetables that are needed uh, 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 that, that he needs for the dinner. Okay, so the guy would get back just before six o'clock, just in time to get a quick shower, puts the dinner in the oven, works on the salad or anything prep, okay? The family walks in at seven o'clock. Um, they have a nice dinner, okay? Around nine o'clock they leave, he does the dishes, puts it in the dishwasher. And then the tradition they had on Friday nights is they would all watch a movie together. And the daughter would always complain, dad, you always fall asleep during our movies. <laughs> These kids had no idea that this poor guy has been up for almost 24 hours all to make this special dinner and experience. His perspective, which we can all learn from this, is that just because I'm getting divorced, this special tradition should not end for the children. But to make this happen, we all might need to really roll up our, our, our sleeves and, 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 and do what we, you know, persevere and, and, and put some extra good old fashioned effort in to make sure our kids have these really powerful experiences arena. And, you know, when the kids got older, he said he was able to tell his kids what he would do to make those experiences. And they're like, dad, we had no idea. I said, yeah. And so, and all that criticism and yelling at me for falling asleep, I had reason to. I was exhausted. <laughs> but um, I, I think perseverance and, and to your earlier question, having a vision of the type of life you want to have and, and, and coming up with a plan to get there and get yourself through those first few years, which can be really difficult, okay? Particularly if you're immediately co-parenting by yourself and you don't have a new person in your life, it's not easy. Uh, particularly if you have more than one child, um, then you got one set of eyes watching two, three, or four kids. That's not an easy situation, all right? Um, and recognizing that and and that it is difficult and it might necessitate some additional steps and extra effort on your part, that's a pretty uh, um, astute observation and that will help you. I love that story. That's incredible. Yeah, <laughs> Perseverance, yeah. wow, and, and such commitment and dedication. And uh, yeah. yeah, and you know, I, I, I would also say, Arena, for, um, you know, men, women, wh wh however toxic our, our split might have been, it's so important that you arrive at a place where you can at least co-parent reasonably. Right, and any uh, 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 any disagreements that you are having around co-parenting are done privately, out of earshot of the children. Um, one of the things I will also talk about. Uh, let me le let me leave you with one really powerful point, and this I talk about in the book. <clears throat> we've all read or we've all heard, "Don't bash your ex in front of your children." That's nothing new, okay. Um, but what I learned from a therapist, which I wrote about in the book was really powerful. Okay. There's a, there's a, there's a bigger reason why you don't want to do this guys. And this doesn't come from me. This came from a therapist. And I talk about this in the book, <clears throat> the children, they know one thing at a very early age 
and they know this one powerful thing, and that is that they are the product of two people's DNA, a man and a woman. And if you are from a traditional uh, 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 marriage of a man and a woman, um, the child knows I'm half the DNA of mom, I'm half the DNA of dad. So when one spouse chooses to criticize their former spouse, the children are processing this as they're, if they're being criticized themselves because they know they are half mom and they are half dad. So even if you have reason to criticize your former partner, recognizing that the children will process this as if 50% of them are being criticized that in itself is another really powerful reason why you cannot criticize your ex in front of your children. And, and that affects your children's self-esteem. So this was a, when I heard the therapist explain this, I'm like, oh, my goodness. So this is more than just it's not that it, it's the right thing to do not to criticize your ex. What you're doing when you're criticizing is you're impacting your child's self-esteem. Yes, you bring a very good point, and I totally agree with you that it's it's not it's a it relationship is with the mother and the father, and if they have disagreements, it's one thing. The children should still have the idea of two parents in their <laughs> life. For sure. Uh, if uh, people where where do we listeners can purchase your book? Sure. The easy thing to do, everybody, is to go to Amazon. It, the book is called Take the High Road, Divorce with Compassion for Yourself and Your Family. Uh, you can get the book on Amazon. And we have a website if you want to reach out to me, www.takethehighroaddivorce.com. I do want to say one last thing about the title. There is a misconception when I say divorce with compassion for yourself and your family some people might infer, well, this means, oh, well, this means giving up the farm. No, 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 no. It's the opposite, guys. And this comes from attorneys. The fewer conflict points you have with your ex, the more money you're going to save, the lower your stress will be. So by divorcing with compassion for yourself and your family, you're also typically saving money and lowering your stress. Okay, so this is a really powerful point. Um, and, uh, you know, and I will say it's not always easy to do because our emotions are heightened, but that's how people can reach me. And, you know, the, the last thing I'll say, Arena, is that this is not my business, guys. I'm a successful businessman in different fields. And I, I wrote this book because I, um, I, I saw that there is an opportunity to help a lot of others. Half of marriages go down this path. And if I can help 10, 20, 40,000 people with some of the counsel that I put in my book, it's going to be worth it. Yes, you're so right. And I love hearing your perspective on this. And I'm excited to read your book. <laughs> <laughs> and we will include all of the links in episode notes and so that listeners can connect with you directly and get a copy for themselves. Thank you so much for coming on, sharing your wisdom, your journey, and your book and the incredible stories. I love how you have a story for every explanation. <laughs> it makes it so much more interesting. Thank you so much. Arena, it's been my pleasure. I'm happy to be a part and love to come back anytime. 
If you like this episode, please share with somebody who would benefit. You can leave comments, topic suggestions, and add your reviews on Apple Podcasts. It also helps greatly when you download the episode. If you feel lost, emotionally hurt after divorce and want to rediscover who you are, you don't have to do it alone. Join our community on Facebook, Limitless Women, Self-Love, Mindset, and Support for Relationships, where we hold trainings and various events to help you thrive and become happy again. Because life after divorce is possible and can even be great. If no one told you today, I want you to know that I love you and believe in you, because you are limitless.